Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome back to another edition of the Elm Park Royals preview podcast of course brought to you by our wonderful friends over at Phantom Brewery. It's it's been a quite actually a funnily enough a busy week here at Reading FC there's been a lot going on during the week and obviously we came off a great weekend obviously against Bristol City, beating them 2-0. Um, we also had the Mark Bowen podcast go live. Hopefully everyone has had a good chance to listen into that. Obviously, it's so good to see the club engaging with the fans again, giving giving us Bowen's time and obviously Bowen giving up his own time to obviously uh, talk about the club, what's going on and just give some clarity to everyone. Obviously, if you haven't listened to that already, Go find, obviously, uh, on, on Spotify. It should be the, the the previous podcast or it should be in previous podcasts. So go have a listen to that um, if you haven't already and give us your thoughts. Today, though, obviously, we will be previewing the Burnley match. And from the Reading Chronicle, I've got the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. James Earnshaw on with me. How are you doing, James? Yeah, good. Thanks, Matt. How are you? All good. All good. Thank you. Have you had a chance yet to uh, to listen have a listen to the Bowen podcast. Yep, both parts. I yeah. uh, was very lucky to get a very small sneak peek before it went live, and I made sure to get all of it. And yeah, no, brilliant stuff. I mean, he's very open, Mark, and technically he's probably one of the most important people at the club now. So um, it's good to get him, you know, someone of his calibre on. And hopefully, you know, he's the first of many with uh, clubs and, and sort of fan outlets to let him know where the club's heading. Absolutely. You know, we like... It, we don't, it's not something we kind of take for granted, you know, the fact that we're in a very lucky position to be able to do podcasts like that. But it's so nice to actually hear from the people at the top um, and just try and get that connection back. Something that has been obviously missing for so long. Obviously, it was a big part of obviously some of the protests that happened last year as well, fan engagement. So top, 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 top uh, comments and top uh, ratings to, to, to Reading FC for allowing us to do that with Mark Byrne. Hopefully it'd be the first of many um, on that Looking again uh, back at the weekend, we came off uh, obviously a two 0 win over Bristol City. Um, it was a very good good performance, I think. All being said, James, I mean, and it's it's after the game, just talking about fifty points. You know, I think he's up he's up the threshold now from twenty um, <laughs> from forty five points now yeah. to fifty points on uh, the safety mark. But um, but but yeah, it was a good good win at the Medeski at the weekend. 
Yeah, the joke was always because at the beginning of the season, yes, he said 40, which obviously looking around is like, oh, well, championship, that's not going to be enough. I think he obviously had the 40 for the Premier League stuck in his head. But no, obviously, you know, we're halfway to safety with a third of the season gone, two thirds left. You know, if we, as Mick Gooding said on the radio on the weekend, we're on track for playoffs if we keep up the form that we've had for the first third. I mean, that's obviously not the ambition. The aim is to, well, maybe the ambition, the aim is to stay up. You know, we can aim and, you know, hope for much higher than that but yeah the first job is to get as many points on the board as possible and then reassess firstly at the world cup break and then maybe towards sort of after the after the january window and see where we're at but no we're well on track to to stay up this year some some may like his comments some may say that you know we should be aiming higher but I think one thing that a lot of fans actually quite like at the moment is just the realism of it you know he knows the situation that we're in paul Lince, and you know some people some people might want him to, to to aim higher, but realistically, you've got to play play with the cards that you dealt with at the end of the day. So, but um, but but yeah, hopefully we will, like you say, get to that fifty mark sooner rather than later. We might be able to have a look up the table. You never know in this league. Um, before we look ahead to Burnley, there was actually quite a big um event that actually happened during the week. Reading FC returning to the Oracle. Um, it wasn't just Shane Long this time, <laughs> it was the entire squad, and I think caused quite the kerfuffle in the Oracle. It was absolutely packed, but it was so nice again. We're talking about just Reading FC opening its doors again. I mean, just see, seeing the players in the town again in the Oracle, it's what you want to see as a fan, isn't it, James? Well, it's what we've been calling for for years, you know, for the last two or three years of poor performances, poor league finishes and just overall sort of apathy. You know, it's, it's why many of the fans have stayed away and, you know, and, and haven't come back. And he mentioned today in the in the press conference that, you know, these are the people that we need to be reaching out to because, you know, he wants to see the stadium full at, at one point. And, you know, the, the only way you're going to do that is by getting out in the community and, and enticing them back because they've stayed away for a reason and it's their job now to, to bring them back and, and make sure they stay this time. Absolutely, yeah, and I think I think credit has to go to Reading FC for organising that, having the whole team there. I think only bar a couple couple of players, um, uh, obviously weren't there, but the vast majority of the team there and staying after hours to you know make sure everyone got 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 their chance to say hi, get get things signed. It's just what you want to see at the end of the day. It, it was very well done to Reading FC, and hopefully we'll see more of that going forwards because. You know, who who doesn't love seeing the team, the Oracle, you know? I'm not sure if any fans got to meet Shane Long maybe in the toilets, but that's a story for another day, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's not a parental... Uh, that needs higher than a PG. Listen to that one with the whole joke. It probably does. It probably does. <laughs> but Burnley this weekend, um, we had actually the press conference today. We're recording this, obviously, on Thursday. We had the press conference earlier today. Burnley coming off a 1-0 win over, over Norwich on Tuesday. They've got a couple of people with kind of doubts, but I'm sure um, we'll get onto that in the um, piece uh, afterwards with with, with uh, the Turfcast pod, podcast from uh, from Burnley. But in the Ince press conference, it was actually a bit, it was, it was a bit quiet, really. I think the only real news really was about injuries and situations that didn't actually affect this weekend's game. Uh, James, obviously, we had no real news of injuries. Yeardon potentially back for the weekend, and then some news, obviously, for um, for for Liam Moore's potential return. Sorry to drop that name in here for <laughs> maybe some that don't like hearing his name, but it, there was a mention for him, and obviously, uh, what what the team's plans are for the World Cup. Yeah, so um, 
more or less as it was um, for this weekend. I think Femi Aziz could be a surprise thrown on the bench because he's impressed training in the last few weeks. Um, Yeardom's back from suspension, so it wouldn't surprise me if he came in for Mbengi. But to be honest, I wouldn't be adverse to going with the same eleven. I think they did a decent enough job. They'd need to improve the first half because that was a bit sloppy against Bristol City. But the second half was more than the match. And, you know, the team, when you, when you win games, it's always harsh to, to drop uh, anyone. So... Um, you know, Mbengi or anyone that gets dropped could feel hard done by, but I'd imagine Yeardon will come back in. Hutchinson should be back in time for Friday's game against Preston. Uh, and then Ince dropped in the nice little, uh, they're jetting off for a week in the sun in uh, December during the uh, World Cup break for a nice nice trip to Tenerife for the sort of warm weather training, you know, all right for sun. Who While wouldn't we... want a warm weather training camp to Tenerife at eh? yeah. Like, just, I mean, can you include the rest of Reading on on that invitation? Maybe just have a Reading outing to Tenerife. How about that? Takeover a Reading takeover of Tenerife. <laughs> the Reading Massif are in town, boys. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So very much sort of no news is good news, I guess. There's no new injuries. No, nobody really back. But sort of as we were for for Burnley and Luton. Yeah, I guess probably what 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 you'll probably see. I guess if if Yeardom is back potentially year done back at centre back mm. with then Mbengue on the right. I mean, Mbengue has really impressed so far. Mm. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see where that goes kind of with, with Mbengue. Cause obviously we saw year at centre back earlier in the season, almost during our best run in the season as well. He played that kind of right centre back role. It'll be interesting to see whether it's almost reverts back to that and leaves year there, plays Mbengue out on the right. A lot may obviously depend on, how he how he performs in the next few games but I mean what's your thoughts on that I think Mbengue's best performance so far has been a, the last one against Bristol City and that was at centre-back centre-back I think um you know a, a wing-back at Swansea wasn't just him they all underperformed especially second half but I thought he looked a bit lost uh, he wasn't sure sort of when to push and, and how, how how far to push but I thought Saturday he was you know strong in the air he did get forward when he got the chance so um you know, but year on, he will come back in the centre back role, won't he? Because that's what they've typically done with with the injuries we've had. So um, it's looking likely to be him that misses out, and it's only a shame because you know he's impressed and he's not deserved to be dropped. Mm. Yeah, it'll be be interesting, like say, to see what happens happens around there. But Yeardham being club captain, it's almost the way, isn't it? Mm. When the club captain is fit, unless your name's Liam Moore. You come and play. I've dropped his name twice. I didn't mean to drop his name twice. Oh, I'm, this isn't going well. Sorry for everyone that, that uh, is offended by that. <laughs> um, when 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 we think about games actually against Burnley, there haven't been that many. The last game or the last time we went to Turf Moor, 2015, if I'm not mm. mistaken. Yeah, 2015, 2-1 win. You did a piece on uh, on on on. Uh, the Reading Chronicle on that earlier today, and so some some of the players that that were on that list. I mean, I'd nearly forgotten about some of them. Obviously, some of the ones you could never forget, Nick Blackman and Co. But um, it's it's been it's been a while. Are you are you expecting another two one victory at the weekend? Uh, games, or? I'm not expecting to score, let alone win. Uh, it'd be nice. Um, we were actually um, that's the year they won the league, and we were actually unbeaten with the nil nil draw at home, in which Andre Gray dived. Uh, won a penalty and Al Habsi yes, then saved I, it. 
Uh, I thought there was a penalty in that game. I was looking. Yeah. I was. I was looking. I was looking it up. I think on um, on Footmob the other day, and I couldn't. I couldn't see a penalty. I th- I was convinced yeah. there was a penalty. Yeah, there was. And there was. And, and there was a picture of uh, Andre Gray smiling, knowing he's fully got away with one, and now perhaps he saved it and redeemed him. So. Yeah, I that I think that I think I used to be up in because that that was down the away end, wasn't it? Start of the second half, I think I was up mm. in the Eamon Dolan in those days, going back all those years. So yeah, I was quite quite far away, but um, but but yeah, that that was a weird season. The start <laughs> under Steve Clark, winning away at Burnley, but I mean, if we can win away at Burnley this year, that will be fantastic. I'm not expecting it. I mean, my I'm not expecting a win. I'm not expecting really a draw. I don't want to say that too loudly, but <laughs> give me a sh- lovely Sean Dyche nil-nil and I'll be ecstatic, I think, for, uh, happiest, for the weekend. Happiest celebrated nil-nil draw. Of yeah. the time. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be glorious that, but um, score prediction from, from you, James, obviously not expecting uh, a win or a draw. Yeah, no, 3-0 Burnley. We have a habit of uh, not no. turning up for these big ones. Yeah. Oh, you can't go for three 0 James. Come on, <laughs> three one. Then we might get consolation at the end. <laughs> I don't. I I don't know what else to say, listeners. I <laughs> I, I do apologise for James. This might be his last appearance on the Elm Park Rules Preview Podcast because expectation we can't be able... and hope are two very different things. I hope we go and win five <laughs> 0 but what I expect to happen is very different. That's very journalistic of you, James. You're, you're, you're going, you're going with your brain and not your heart. So, um, so yeah, um, I kind of feel, I, I kind of feel like I've got to end it on. I'm going to change my prediction now then to a two-one win because I'm sorry we can't have we can't have a three-nil prediction from you and a draw and a nil-nil draw from me. No one's going to be going up at this rate. Not many are probably, but, 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 um, but yeah. Um, thank you very much, anyway, James, for joining us for this preview podcast. Thanks for having me. That's all right. Not a problem. We are doing this a little bit differently today. Um, Alex is actually doing the preview with the Burnley podcast. It's going to be the turf cast that he's going to be joined by. Um, So make sure you stick around for that. Thank you very much, James. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline been joined now by joe from turfcast joe how are you doing today yeah good thanks mate how are you yeah not too bad looking forward to this weekend's game kind of but also fully aware that burnley are top of the table is it something you were expecting 16 games in um not really like obviously we we, we brought in a new manager you know 16 new players lost 13 new uh, the players from last season, you know, big players as well. The club captain, Ben Mee, James Sarkowski, has been a rock for so many years. The goalkeeper, Nick Pope, you know, our style of play um, for, for nine years on the dice was built on them kind of players. And them three were massive for us uh, last season. Um, and it was a shame to lose them. Uh, you know, we lost Vidra as well, Vegos, you know, we lost a lot of senior players. Um, and especially Ben Mee. Ben Mee were a bit of a hard one to take because, like I said, he was the club captain. So, 
I thought company had come in, new style of play, new ideas, and it'd take time to gel. And we'd have to be patient. I thought maybe you know we go up next season or do a late surge like Forrest did, Forrest did last season, something like that. Um, and I, I remember thinking doing a column. I do like a weekly column in a local paper, like at the start of the season, saying, "Look, calling for people to be calm, basically, and saying, look, you need to be calm if 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 the results aren't going our way for the first, you know." six months then let's not get on the new manager's back he's still he's still um cutting his teeth in management really but to be top of the league at this stage and, and to have four games left before the world cup starts with three of them at home with chance a real chance to sort of like stamp our authority in the league yeah i didn't really expect it to, to gel this early yeah i mean you're right about uh just gelling really quickly it's 14 games unbeaten by this point and i mean it's clearly such a departure in, in style of play compared to what you had for the last decade or so with, with Sean Dyche. And I think company is, is it's really strange to, to see how quickly that has come together. I mean, what do you think is pulling them together that quickly? Is it a combination of the, the recruiting or is it just good coaching or what, what's pulling it together, which is making it so successful this quickly? I think I, 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 I'd say the recruitment, I think the recruitment's been top notch. To say we signed so many players, that was another thing I was worried about. Like signing so many players, sometimes it takes ages for players to gel when they're, you know, playing in a new style and uh, with a load of new lads. Sometimes they never even gel. We were signing players I'd never even heard of, you know, Anna Sorore, fantastic so far this season, but I'd never heard of him this time three months ago. Um, Manuel Benson, um, you know, a lot of players like that. Bayer at the back. You know, and I'm thinking, like, are these lads going to come into the English game and going to settle really well? But we've got into these leagues and, and bought players for, you know, barely any anything, or got them on loan, and they've they've just come in and done really really well. So credit to the to the recruitment team, I think, for me, because for so long we had such poor recruitment, like we'd bring in over the hill players like Phil Bardsey or Eric Peters or Peter Crouch, you know. And, all three of them are from Stoke, for example. So it used to be like a running joke that the, the the scouting department only has enough petrol money to get to Stoke and back. And that's why we only sign their sort of players. But, you know, we, we've spread our wings a bit this season. You know, we've also had a new chairman as well who's not been here long. He's only been here a couple of years as well. So I think he's finally starting to implement what he wants to do with the club. Um, so, yeah, I, th I, think, I think for me, definitely the recruitment. But hats off to company, like I said, he's coming, he's changed the style. Um, and he's, he's really sort of like, there's been times where I've been like, oh, you should have done this early or you've done that wrong, that sort of thing. Like, has been, like we've thrown so many games away because we haven't, we've sat back too early and then we've invited pressure and then we've not showed it up. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, against Norwich last night, we went five at the back and that's the first time he's done that. And I think that's partly the reason why we held on, although Pookie should have really put that chance away, but a great save from Yorich. But he's learning. There are still times where he's he's done things wrong. But yeah, credit to him for, for implementing his style on the team so early and getting it to work so early because yeah, I didn't think it'd work so early, like I've said. I can only assume that the Burnley fans are loving the style as well because it is, uh, in inverted commas, proper football, isn't it? It's keep the ball and create really yeah. big chances for yourselves. I mean, I'm one of them. I, I don't think football should be played in a certain way. Like, there's this snobbery that football should be played in a certain way amongst certain fans of certain clubs, mainly the top six uh, in the Premier League. We've got so many pelters for so many years for playing in a certain way. I mean, I enjoy the style of football as long as we're winning. I didn't mind dash ball when we were seventh in the Premier League. You know what I mean? So Good, good football is winning football, right? 
Exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it is it, it is more entertaining to answer your question, um, to, to see, uh, you know, because it were nil-nil up until like the, what, the 80th minute last night and we were playing really well, creating loads of chances. Our, our winger that I've already mentioned, Anasa Rory, were turning Max Ahrens, who's a very, very good fullback, by the way, inside out at pretty much every given opportunity. Uh, we were keeping the ball, we were being patient, we were breaking the lines, we were beating the press. Um, and then and then inviting um, them on to us as well and and just going along when we needed to. And it, it, it is more entertaining, but, you know, it's, it, like I said at the start of the season, like people say, oh, it's entertaining being in the championship, isn't it? And then if you're playing certain football, that's entertaining. But if we were 16th and drawing against teams like Rotherham at home, I wouldn't have found that entertaining. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of them things. So, um, Rotherham are a good side. I mean, they beat us 4-0, so... Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, obviously, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I'm not a snob. I, I, I don't mind football being played anyway. Like, there is like this new thing amongst Burnley fans now, where teams come to Burnley and shut up shop and they kick off and like, oh, you know, you should be trying to play football. It's like we literally made a living off that for nine years. You can't really complain about that. But yeah, it, it's it's good to see. It's good to see the lads adopt to it so quickly, and it's good to see. It's good to have fans. Uh, sorry, not fans. Players that actually get the fans off their seat. Like I said, Anasarori last night, fantastic. Manuel Benson, he's been fantastic. Um, We've actually got attacking players now that actually want to get the ball down and run at defenders, and that does get you off your seat. So, yeah, it's been great to watch. I was going to say, you mentioned Zorori. He's definitely the one who's been getting a lot of the uh, plaudits for the first third of the season. I mean, tell tell our listeners about him. What's he like? Where's he play? What's, he, what's his main kind of attributes, I guess? Yeah, well, he, he's fast, he's tricky. Um, he, he normally plays as part of the front three, maybe out wide on the left. Normally he's on the left. But he likes to. I don't know if you saw the goal he scored against Sunderland. He likes to cut inside and, and bend it into the far corner. Um, he scored a goal like that, like I said, against Sunderland. But he tried it just before he scored against Sunderland. He tried it twice last night. So he probably will try it against you as well if, if he's given chance to, to run. But he's one of them players, like I said, he gets the ball, he runs. Um, you know, the, the song is he runs down the wing for me, and that's exactly what he does. Uh, he gets the ball at his feet uh, and he runs. But he's been getting all the plaudits, but he's only really played like 50% of, of the game so far. He's only really coming to the side over the last three, four weeks. Um, I'm not sure if he had a niggle or he just had to battle his way into the side, but you know, we've also had Manuel Benson playing there. Um, Nathan Teller's been playing there as well. He's another one. He, he's probably been fantastic for, for, for more of the season. Um, and Jay Rodriguez as well, but obviously he, he's playing in, in the central role. But the, it's it's the front three that have really been been um, getting all the plaudits as well. Um, but you know it's it's been decent all over. We've got two decent holding midfielders as well in Jack Cork and Josh Cullen. They've been fantastic. You know Josh Brownell, he, he's part of sort of like just sits behind sort of like the, the front three sort of like people. He's been very good as well. And then the defenders is defenders have been brilliant as well. We've had. We had a few players play at centre back. Even Charlie Taylor is more traditionally a left back, and he and he's done very well there. But Taylor, Bellis and Jordan Bayer, they've been brilliant as well. So, yeah, the main one to look out for are probably sort of like the front three, front four, including Josh Brownhill. But yeah, we, we've got quality all over the pitch at the minute. Oh, oh, so far this season, we have done anyway. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be a very difficult game for the Reading. And <laughs> being perfectly honest, it's not a game that I would expect us to get much out of. Um, what would be being you know, as we said earlier, unbeaten in 14 games and you're only lost so far. It's been against a, a pretty good or pretty talented Watford side, despite their, you know, 10th place in the table. The um, the current kind of position in the league with, with 16 games gone, obviously, leaves you top of, or 17 games gone now for you guys, but it leaves you top of the table. It was, 
is promotion kind of becoming an expectation among the fan base now or is it still uh, kind of tempered like tempered down a bit and trying to Vince and company keeping people on a level playing field as it were I, w- I would like to say that, that the fans are staying grounded and trying to stay on a level playing field but just searching the hashtag last night I think a quite a lot of people who I won't say getting carried away I think I think the probably the best adjective to use is getting excited um but look there's a long way to go we, we showed in the first half against Sunderland that we can be pretty poor thankfully there's not been many times that, that I've looked at us and thought we are pretty poor here um but you know we showed the class to turn that around and, and hopefully that's a sign of things to come for the rest of the season but we used to say at the start of the season like oh when we click you know we, we're going to be good and I think the majority of Burnley fans now kind of do feel like we've clicked. Um, there was times earlier in the season where we'd uh, we'd go one nil up and then just sit back. Uh, we won't put the game to bed. Um, and then you know teams would come and equalise. Um, Stoke City, all perfect example. Cardiff City away, perfect example. You know Birmingham City away, perfect example. Hull City at home, Luton at home. You know there's been so many of them um, where we've just drawn one one and, and had the line share of possession, been the better side, but just not put the game to bed. Um, but I feel like now that we are clicking a bit, um, when, when we're on fire, we're on fire. Um, like we, we tore Norwich apart in the first half yesterday. Similar sort of issue though, couldn't really put the game to bed, couldn't really get on the score sheet despite creating a lot of chances. But that second half against Sunderland, we were fantastic. Um, pretty much the entire game against Wigan early in the season were fantastic. We were brilliant at home against Swansea as well, who are actually fourth at the minute. So they all, they've all they won every game like in the last like nine games, apart from the one they played against us, where we absolutely dismantled them. So it's one of them, you can get us on one of them days where we could put, not not you personally, not obviously I don't know much about Reddy, but if, a team, we can put three or four pass on quite comfortably. Um, but if you just catch us on a bit of an off day, then we won't, we won't put the ball in the back of the net as much, and that's when teams get their chances. Yeah, I think I read a stat yesterday um, before the Norwich game which said that Burnley have dropped the most points from winning positions so far this season. I think it's 10, 10 points after 75 minutes dropped so far where you've been been leading and then not ended up picking up three points. And it seems to be the case that when you are drawing those games 1-1, that you're taking the lead and then conceding late on. I think it was like 86, 87 minutes against Stoke. It was 90 minutes against Cardiff. You find that you're... <laughs> Like late on in games, you find that the team is quite content to sit back and just let teams come onto them and basically try and just hold out for a one 0 victory. Yeah, pretty much nailed it. That's tend to be what what they do. I think I think it's because it's a young side and a side that's not played together much. Um, they do tend to sort of like just sit back and invite the pressure, which has been a worry. Um, but like I said, against Norwich, I feel like maybe they're learning the lesson a little bit because company brought on that extra man at the back to try and shore it up. Norwich did actually get the chance, to be fair, as well, and they should have really scored it. Um, but, you know, it's a sign that maybe that he is learning. But, yeah, that that, it, that has been an issue for a, a lot of the season. Um, but in the last five games, you know, we've won four and drawn one. Admittedly, yeah, we, it was it was the same thing again against Birmingham. But we do tend to be putting these games to bed or holding out a little bit more because we held out, obviously, last night against Norwich. We held out against Coventry away as well. Admittedly, Coventry on, on you know, uh, the quality of Norwich. But, you know, they've started to put a run together. And I think that's who they're only defeating the last five games as well as against us. So, um, yeah, it's, it was pretty much that going ahead, not putting the game to bed and then retreating. I think... In all of these games, we had the chances to win it and had the possession to win it and the territory to win it, but we just couldn't put the game to bed and then panicked a little bit, sat back, invited pressure, and then just ultimately conceded the goal later on. But I think, I think fingers crossed, I hope that they are learning a, a little bit now. Yeah, we're going to have to hope for for our sakes that that's going to be uh, 
going to be the case on Saturday that we're going to be able to get a little bit of pressure into the game if we do go behind, um, because we are struggling when we do go behind. Outside of uh, Zaruri, I know we mentioned him earlier, which players do you reckon Reading fans need to look out for most on, on Saturday? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I watched Burnley play, I think it was the first game of the season, and um, Ian Matson at left back looked absolutely ridiculous in the system, which you're playing. Yeah, Matson's been good. Um, Vitinho's been good. Um, Connor Roberts, Burnley fans will... will um, uh, he's been giving him a lot of stick, but it, he's come out of the side recently over the last few weeks in place with Vitinho. So we'll have Martin on the left and Vitinho on the right, and both of them get forward, put crosses in the box or, or cut inside or things like that, overlap the the, the left and right midfielders. They're both good. You've mentioned Zorora. Um, he's really hit form recently. Josh Brownell, he, he's not. he's been a little bit quiet. I say he's been quiet. He scored at Sunderland, but he's been a little bit quiet by his standards over the last you know four or five games. He started the season like an absolute house on fire. Um Fantastic he was uh, getting assists and goals for fun. Um, he's still a very, 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 very good midfielder. Uh, he, like I said, he, he tends to play more of an advanced role this season uh, compared to what he did under Dyche, where he would be in the, sort of like the defensive midfield sort of role or the central midfield sort of role with Dyche, whereas now he's pushed a little bit further on, playing kind of in like a number 10 role, but not a traditional number 10. Just behind Jay Rodriguez. Um, Jay Rodriguez, obviously, you know, he's he's the joint leading goal scorer in the championship now, but I think you know there's four or five of them on, on the same amount of goals. But he's played the least least amount of time out of all the ones that are on there. So he's got the best goals per minute ratio. Um, he's doing very well. Uh, Manuel Benson, he tends to be more of an impact sub at the minute, but again, he's been doing very well. Nathan Teller, he's Nathan Teller, he's on loan from Southampton. I don't know how much you know about him, but he has got such a brilliant touch on him. He's, he probably should be playing in the Premier League, let's be honest. Yeah, I, I don't know. that Southampton, I, there's rumours that they're going to be calling back in January. If they do, that could really derail our season. Um, but, what you know, they're a side struggling in the Premier League. Um, why have they let him go? It's it's bizarre. You know, he's so fast. He will get in behind defences very easily. That's why teams have now started sitting back against us. But then now we're exploiting the space between the midfield and the defence through the likes of Josh Brown and, and Jay Rodriguez coming deep. So then that opens up a different sort of game plan. But... Um, yeah, he's got a first touch like, like I've never seen. Like He can be sprinting and the ball can be coming over him and just brings it down. We scored, I think, three goals as far doing that this season. Um, so, yeah, there is quite a lot, you know, especially forward players that, that you need to look out for, really. Yeah, I think I make that about nine players or ten players that Reading really <laughs> yeah. looking out for on Saturday. So, you know, not there's not too many, uh, too many weak points in this Burnley squad. So... I imagine that you're probably fairly confident going in Saturday. So if I was to get a score prediction from you, would it you know be a, would it be a four nil victory or four two victory as you had last weekend, or is it more going to be similar to those like one one games where you've kind of dropped the points late on? I think it'll be tight. You know, I was saying to somebody yesterday at the turf, um, Reading do worry me a little bit um, because you know I think everyone predicted you to either A go down or B be down there you're not you're you're eighth uh probably should be higher up if you didn't have your recent slumping form as well um but of course beat bristol city i think it was last time out andy carroll scares me i'm not gonna lie andy carroll scares me it's probably because i've seen players like chris wood play for burnley you know for so long and know how dangerous them sort of players can be and our defensive line is still quite young you know we've got 
Um, Taylor Hayward Bellis, who's the England under 21 captain, but you know, I think he's about 20, 21. We've got Jordan Bayer, who's like a German international again, but the under 21 sort of area. Markson's young and Vitinho's young. So you've got someone throwing elbows around, jumping above, you know, ruffling feathers. I think that could upset us a little bit at the back. Um, so I do think you'll score. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking a tight game. I'm thinking maybe 2 1 Burnley or annoyingly another inevitable 1 1 draw because it's been two games since we've had a 1 1 draw. So we are kind of due one. But uh, yeah, instead of sitting on the fence, I'll put my neck on the line and, and predict a Burnley win. Like I said earlier, like we see this now as as a chance to really kick on in this league. We had five games, uh, sorry, four games out of five at home last night against Norwich, then you, then Rotherham, uh, then Sheffield United away, which is going to be a tough one, um, but they do have injuries. Uh, and then uh, Blackburn Rovers at home, uh, that one's going to be a, a difficult one because A, obviously they're third and, and B, Derby games can go anywhere. Um, and that's the one I'm, I, I'd happily lose the next four games uh, just to, just to beat Blackburn, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, but no, let, let's let's try and keep a sensible hat on. This is a chance to, to maybe go into the World Cup four points clear, five points clear of the chasing pack or of at least third. Um, so fingers crossed we can, you know, we can finally, because I don't think we've won three games in a row all season. I might be wrong off the top of my head. There's been too many draws in there. Um, and this will be the third game in a row that we've won if we manage to do it. So fingers crossed we can, but I'd happily keep the the the, the unbeaten run uh, intact and, and and have another draw if we need to and then maybe kick on against Rotherham. With you going for a 2-1, I feel like I, I'm very conflicted here because I feel like it's either going to be 4-0 Burnley or 1-1. And it kind of just depends as to how, like how early the the goals come. If the goal comes in the first half and Burnley score first, then I think it's just going to be a demolition. But if we can if we can hang out and hold on, not really give up too many big chances, then I'm, I'm hopeful that there's maybe a point in it for us. But we'll have to see on Saturday. Um, Joe, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me, mate. <coughs> Excuse me. You can find Joe at Turfcast on Twitter and podcast, I'm assuming, on Apple and Spotify. And yeah, YouTube as well. We started doing a lot of video content as well. I had a really good week last week, actually. Thank you to, to, to Sunderland for, for capitulating like that. That got me loads of video views. But yeah, you can find me pretty much on all the socials. And we will be back after the Burnley game on Sunday with uh, a review of the Burnley game where hopefully we come back from the north with some kind of point or points, fingers crossed. If you've enjoyed today's episode, drop us a subscribe or a follow on whichever podcast platform you're using and a review would be fantastic. Five stars if you, you know, if you wouldn't mind, that would be great. And until the weekend, have a great week, everybody. Cheers.